This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You certainly can. 4-0-0-1 to do just that. Plenty between now and 8 o'clock for us to get our teeth into. And there's only one place to start this evening because it's not often that I am organised. I've been organised today. I've finally got round to setting up off-script Extra Times Fantasy Premier League League. It's, it's, w- it's worth pointing out at this juncture that if you were a member of our league last year, you will not automatically yeah. join this league. Sure, so, well, no, we have to say that because there's 300 odd people on there who will assume that, that it will simply refresh yeah. and they don't have to do anything. I hold my hands it, up. It's on that. an administrative <laughs> hoo ha, shall we say. We're not pointing any fingers. This is not a witch hunt. No one's to blame, but someone forgot a password (laughs) and we've had to. But it's given. Listen, we wanted we wanted to move away from the old Sports Tonight League. Yeah, which is essentially what it was. And this is a chance to give rise. Yes. From the ashes comes fresh roots of optimism. (laughs) And in that optimism is the off script. Extra time, indeed. Fantasy football league. You're just going to pop along to the official. We're not. We're not reinventing the wheel. You pop along to fantasy.premierleague.com. You pop in your team, and all we want you to do is join our league. Raoul, and I give him a cardi salute to that man. He is our defending champion. Yeah, he wins everything, Raoul. He's he really does. Kind of annoying. He's. <laughs> what else does he? What else does he want? He wins quizzes. He wins oh, sports okay. quizzes yeah. all the all right. time. He, he dominates our sports quiz to the, to the point where people just don't actually, come back. Yeah, he actually he, he actually intimidates <laughs> opponents. And they don't want to take him on because he's a smart he's, cookie. He's too good. He um, is. So I'm considering banning him from the league, but no, I'm not going to do that. I will regard it as an ultimate challenge to try and take him down this year. Yeah, we do need to take Raul out before a new ball is kicked in anger. So, Raul, who is a regular listener, Robbie and I and Sonal will be taking you out in the next week or so. Sonal doesn't know it, Robbie doesn't know it. They do now. We will be taking you out and it will be on us. Or more to the point, the boss's credit card, I think. So if you want to join said league, off script extra time, fantasy.premierleague.com, pen and paper at the ready. If not, don't be typing this code down whilst driving. Get your passenger or the kids to pop this down for you. So listen carefully. And I can never get what's, you know, when you're you're on the phone and they'll ask for Echo Charlie Alpha. What's the name of that? It's phonetic. Is it the phonetic alphabet? Is it? Is it? No, I don't think it is. I'll give this a go. Z is zebra. Is okay. it? Okay. I always make them up, so I'm just impressed that you're even trying to go I'm with the official I'm pretty sure ones. Z is zebra. Okay. I'm now struggling with V. What is V? I don't think you're helping v people. V for Velociraptor. Love it. I was going to say Velcro. But That's Z... not the official one. No, of course not. Of course Velociraptor is the official one. I have never done the one. official ones. I always just make up words and people get really confused. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah. I'm t- it's awful that I, I don't even but know the works. name of this alphabet. It still works. But listen carefully. Z, V, G, Q, All right, I need, I need, I need a footballer. A footballer's surname. Oh, I love I'll it. give you Z for Zidane. Yes. Right, we've got Zidane. We've got Viali. Oh, I like it. We've got Guardiola. Yep. Oh, this is. We've got Charisma. Oh, love it. Ricardo Charisma. Charisma doesn't do anything. Ricardo Charisma. Played actually over here for Shabab Alakli. No, but is that a K? It is a Q. Q. We've got Deco. Oh, nice. And then we need another another Q. Oh, gosh. Um, Quilacci. (laughs) That sounds like something you just made up. (laughs) Quag Quag Rialetta. Can't even get it out. Quag. Riella, who is an Italian veteran striker. 
I like that. But that Quentin work. Fortune? <laughs> Quentin. Let's just do Quentin. Quentin. We have butchered that. No one's signing up. It's ZVGQDQ, okay? ZVGQDQ. And Victor's been in touch. It is the NATO phonetic alphabet. Oh, it's it, halfway there. It does lend itself. Question. V is for Victor, says mm. Nicholas. G? Oh, we're, we're, we're barking up the wrong tree here. All I know is that Z is for Zidane in our own one is what we'll do. But listen, 4001, get involved in our off-script extra time, fantasy.premierleague.com uh, league. We've had, in previous years, you know, over 300 of yeah. you guys up there. It doesn't take long. You're going to be playing it anyway. Just pop in that code. Do join What's us. What's the target for this year, son? <laughs> the target? Yeah. Oh, like to maybe... Top 50? I was going to say to be in like the bottom... 80 as opposed to the bottom 40. I'm loving the messages I'm getting. Thank you very much to Sonny Ridgewell who's listening. Z is for Zulu, apparently. Oh, really? Questioning that. What's v is for Victor. G is for golf. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Q. What is What's Q, Q for? for? D is delta. I know that. Quota. Q is for... Q's a tricky one. Yeah, it is. 4001, Question for out. you. Right, question, big question. The biggest question. The, the most important question relating to fantasy football. Mm -hmm. If Messi signs oh. for Man City... Do I have him in my team? Well, first yes, of all, do. do you have him in your team? Second of all, what's his price point? Ah, oh, Messi. He's, he's at 12. Is he, is he instantly the most expensive yeah. player in the game? Yeah. It's Messi. Yeah, but... 12 million quid, you'll say. A lot, of, a lot of question marks. I've, I'm, I'm rather excited. Draft one is in because at 10 to 5, I thought, we need to roll this out this week. The league is under two weeks away. Quickly did my team, quickly set up the league. Really happy with draft one. I've got to say, only took me 10 I've minutes. Not, I've not even looked at it yet, which is unusual. I'm I need delighted. to start combing the, the literature around with there. It. Quebec. Thank you. Ah. In the NATO phonetic alphabet, it is Quebec. Nicholas out there, he knows his NATO phonetic alphabet. So then, it is Zulu, V for Victor. G for golf, Q for Quebec, D for Delta, Q for Quebec. There we go. Well done. We got there eventually. Not award-winning radio, but we did get there. With <laughs> we, thanks we took to eight you guys. minutes to, to do what could have been done in about 30 seconds. Yeah, but really. Yeah. Listen, we've over-egged it. But do join us, please, because we'll have a bit of fun with it. We're going we're gonna to pay special attention to it this season. At least that's the plan. I need your help with a team name. I mean, so no marketing. Do you keep the same no, team name? Personally, don't you change I like it every to, year? To, to mix it up. Chris is always Fockaber's Rockets, yeah. which I think is a bit, he needs to be a bit more creative. No, I'll be honest. So no marketing. I'm convinced of this, Zones. You need, over the course of the next six months, to do a power of reading into football tactics, set up a website, URL, sonomarking.com, and you are going to absolutely kill it. Are you going to be my ghostwriter? I will happily do that for you. There is zonal marking, which yep. is actually uh, the guy, um, Mr. Cox, is a man who we've had on the show before. He writes for The Guardian, amongst others. But zonal marking will take it to the next, next level. You've got to do it. I'm all over it. I will be ghostwriter for you. It's the best team name. Don't listen to Robbie. Come up with a new name. Come up with a new name. Just keep pushing the envelope. Okay, I'll, I'll take suggestions from anyone out there listening who right. wants to Sonal help me Right, her name. Give her a team name. We might get to the bottom of that before 8 o'clock. As well. Right, loads to come between now and eight o'clock. We've got, uh, we're talking rugby over the course of the next 20 minutes or so, a little bit, maybe perhaps a little longer. We're looking at the local rugby scene because a lot's going on behind the scenes. We're getting to the bottom of that. Got to give a big shout out to Dan. Dan, do not go anywhere, I promise. <laughs> the only way is up. 
on this particular hour of Dan's Oxford. already Dan, I tr- promise you, has tuned out. He's went, nah, not for me this evening. Dan, please do stick with us. Uh, Wayne has got me back to rights. In fairness, is Wayne. He's a listener. He's a, he's one of our loyalists. He, he sticks with us between five and eight, and he's absolutely killed me with this message. Yeah, only thirty minutes ago, you were saying how much you hate people who change a single letter in a URL to take advantage of spelling errors, and in the next breath, encouraging me to set up sonalmarking.com. Sonal marking is so good. Get that. You should nail down that URL, Sonal. There's money to be made with that. A lot of you getting in touch with some yeah. new team names for Sonal. I really like Sonaldinho. Yeah, Sonal- or Sonaldo. Sonaldo's uh, there's, 11. Yeah, there's, there's definite mileage in that. Thanks to Annie Kate for that one. Yeah, very, very good, good suggestion. Rapani Royals, Sonal Supersonics. It's from Fard. Supersonics, Sonal Supersonics might be a bit long. It's a bit I think they, they, they cap it at 12 characters, I think. Don't know how I know that. I quite like this one. Internationale. Yeah, I do like that, actually. That is Internationale. Oh, my God. Yes. Who would have known that Sonal's name gives rise (laughs) to so many great team names? A la Inter Milan, says one listener. That's my favourite so far. There is also, and I quite like this, down the panny, Rupani, because your team wasn't great last year. Down, okay. down the panties a bit. You, you don't want to set bad omens before a ball has been kicked. <laughs> it's not bad. And Dan's been back. And Dan's like, on, why Dan. are they still talking about fantasy football? I thought that was just a little segment at the beginning of the show. Nah, we had a song. We came back out. We're still talking about I fantasy I, football. I always panic when we get negative messages. You, some people will often find that I do text back. I did do that. Say, Dan, apologies. And I've said, you'll probably switch. He says, never. Switching over to the app right now. So Dan's staying with us. Yeah. He is a glutton for punishment. Through so thick and thin, you know? Some of those listeners just stay with you even through the rougher moments rougher the low times <laughs> the low moments like discussing for 18 minutes Sonal's team name exactly. football hey you've got to stick with it for now listen we're going to talk all things local rugby and I'm delighted to be joined by this individual on the line his name is Dr Alan Curie. now he uh, works Mediclinic he is the head of the UE Rugby Federation's medical committee he is also and if that title doesn't impress you, then Chief Medical Officer at Dubai Hurricanes just might. Alan, Dr. Alan, joins us live on the line now. And Dr. Alan, we say a very good evening to you. Hi, guys. Uh, good to chat to you. Yeah, thank you so much for sparing the time to have a little chat with us. And there might be one or two asking, well, wait a minute, why is a head of UE Rugby Federation's medical committee joining us? But of course, there's a lot that's been going on in the last few days, Dr. Allen, with regards to the return to play guidelines. I was out with a few of my mates at the weekend, a couple of whom play rugby over in this part of the world. Just give us, given the fact that COVID-19 has wreaked havoc, and let's be frank, it continues in certain parts of the world to do just that, the return to play guidelines, you've played a part in them. Talk us through them if you can. Yeah, listen, with, with absolute pleasure and, and sure has wreaked havoc uh, business and sports organizations so around the world you know teams and, and organizations and unions are trying to see what they can do in, in order to kickstart sports again so we um we've only recently formed the the medical committee of uh, it's actually our debut year of the uae rugby federation so it's been <laughs> quite an interesting start to to our first year um having to to draw up the return to play guidelines for rugby across the United Arab Emirates. So it's, it's, uh, it has been quite a task and, um, and it's been something that we haven't taken lightly at all. We, um, we're pretty much hoping to be the, the sort of shining light and a, and a bit of a guiding example for, for the way that we can return sports safely um, here in Dubai and, and hopefully across the Emirates as well. 
Um, it's been quite funny because I've actually sat sometimes in consultations and I've had some some rugby players in there and uh, we get talking about that. I know that I'm a, the head of the medical committee there and we start chatting and they start throwing around uh, you know, ideas of when rugby might return and they've had some bets with friends and I'm like, oh, well, I, you know, I could probably help you out with sort of <laughs> a bit of a guideline. But but yes, we've um, so we've so we've recently put the document together a few weeks back and, and released it and. Um, and in the last day or two, we've we've uh, moved from phase one to to what we've called phase two, which essentially has meant uh, a move from small group training, which has been uh, training sort of groups limited to about ten, well limited to ten, um, with one coach, to group sizes up to fifty. So what that move has been been able to do is to allow bigger group sizes to be able to train together. In other words, moving closer to having a sort of a full squad being able to train together, um, but still without contact. So contact will come in, in the phase three, and uh, and that's obviously yet to be decided when phase three will actually be. I think that move is going to be a much bigger move than, than what phase one to phase two has been. The move to phase three, bringing contact is, is going to rely on a, on a number of factors. You know, we're going to have to be in constant contact with the Dubai Sports Council, which we've worked together with, um, and the health authorities um, and all necessary parties involved to to allow for contact, because that obviously takes things up a level and increases the risk of spread. So the measures that we've, that we've put in place at the clubs, um, and we are relying on the clubs to follow the, the return to play uh, guideline as closely as possible, um, is to mitigate against the spread. We have to remember this is a this is a serious thing that we're dealing with, um, and we we're taking our chances. So we've so some of the measures we've put in place, for example, temperature checks at the stadium uh, or at the venue upon entry. Um, there's a symptom uh, daily symptom checker that players have got to fill out prior to arriving at the venue, which can be done online and sent in. Um, and that's just a, a screening test, you know, have you had any temperatures, uh, experienced any symptoms, things like that, so that we've got a record of anyone that might be potentially expe- um, experiencing something. And uh, and then we've got sanitization breaks, and we're sanitizing balls and changing balls regularly, and you're not allowed to bring your, you have to have your own water bottle. So there's various measures that are put in place that are detailed in the in the document. Um, everyone has to do, all players, all coaches, and all parents, have to do uh, the World Rugby COVID education modules, and um, that's mandatory. And those forms have got to be sent in and kept. And uh, we've, I think, one of the main things that we've done and, and that we're going to be relying on is that each team in the, each age group has got a COVID manager. We've created a COVID manager role, and that person's responsibility is to make sure they've got contact details of everyone training and their parents. Um, and they know exactly who's at what training session. We've then got a COVID coordinator that will be responsible for overseeing the whole club. So the COVID managers will feed up to the COVID coordinator. So if there are any issues that arise with regards to COVID-related matters, there's those individuals that will be responsible, and then that will feed up to, on the UAE or RF level, to an operational lead, a COVID operational lead. Wow. So we think we've sort of... Um, put enough sort of structures and measures in place to hopefully be able to yeah, see this wonderful game return at some stage. It's a it's a scary reminder yeah. of of how much havoc it's caused. That the level of detail and the level of planning that's gone into that, Alan, is 
is unbelievable from from everyone involved in it. Mm-hmm. Phase five, it explain really to me, is is phase five a return to what we would consider normal? Um, and and what no, do, what does the season look like, Alan? In terms of how you yeah. see, I know it's difficult to say because I know you're waiting on 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 official advice and, and liaisons with the government. But when you look ahead and you, you, you sort of try to forecast the timelines, what kind of season can, can rugby players expect to have in the UAE? Well, we, okay, so it's a great, that's a great question. And then just to clarify, um, the phases go up to phase four. So, so maybe we must have a phase five there that can maybe be the UAE national team winning the sort of the Asian championship. <laughs> Brilliant. Phase five. Yeah. Um, it goes up to phase four. So phase three will be a return of contact. Um, training, and then we've put a, a stipulation in there because you know obviously players have not been taking contact for more than six months or so now. That there's got to be actually from a medical point of view some contact conditioning for players so, so that we prevent injuries. So we put in about a month recommendation before we actually return to games. So we must have about a month of contact conditioning training and full team training, and then we'll re- and then we get to phase four, which is the return of matches. So okay. That's the end goal. So, so the so a lot depends on when we're able to, as I said, get to phase three. Um, that you know that and a lot depends on the health authorities and on the governing authorities, Vice Sports Council. Um, if we, I, I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to return to matches before December. Unfortunately, wow. we will see, um, and we will obviously do our best. But um, if that's the case, then then we're hoping that come January that we're able to kick off the season in, in terms of matches, and that will that will go through right and right up until March with with quite a packed schedule, and uh, and maybe even some evening games going into April, you know, extending the season a bit longer on on that side of the season. So that's that's sort of a loose guideline. I mean, we've we're in completely uncharted territory. It's unprecedented times. We're, we're trying to do the best that we can and, and, you know, within the most reasonable limits. So, but that's a, that's a sort of a general guideline. I hope it's sooner than that. Um, and we're in regular contact with, with the authorities. Can I, ask as, can I ask as well, Alan, obviously you are a medical professional, but have the players themselves had any input regarding these kind of guidelines that you've put in place? Or does this all come from experts very much in the field? Yes, no, the players have said that they would like to have returned to rugby two months ago. Um, yeah. That's the feedback we've got from players. No, they they um, they obviously will be in, in chatting to their coaches and then from a coaching level, sort of the questions are put through to to the UAERF, which which if they're medical related or related to the guidelines, and they, they sort of get sent our way to the medical committee. Um, so it's sort of an in, in an indirect uh, way. But, uh, but yeah, the, the guidelines are very much from a... From a medical standpoint, but also very much from an operational standpoint as well. Um, you know, there are going to be more more important considerations from a purely medical standpoint, and that will be, you know, w- what will happen to players that have maybe contacted, um, you know, had been tested positive for COVID, and now need to return to sport. You know, from a cardiac point of view and things like that. So that's that's ongoing sort of research and and stuff that's going on. So that that will be purely medical, but from an operational yeah. point of view, it's. Um, yeah, it's the it's the Medcom as a whole and uh, and the UAERF, which are, are doing a fantastic job and and have really sort of um, really sort of tried to make rugby as professional a sport as they can uh, within the region. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that at first hand, and we're actually going to be joined momentarily by a man who's very much at the forefront of that. Listen, Dr. Alan Curie, can't thank you enough for joining us. I think the message from listening to you is: it is well thought through. It is very much safety first. We will need to be patient. I mean, I'm looking at it, what is it, 31st of August. From what you've said there, it may well be January before we see competitive action once again. So we're taking a softly, softly approach. But of course, that is important. These are, as you rightly pointed out, uncharted times. Dr. Alan Curry, for now, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Great to have Dr. Alan Curry on the line, Medi Clinic Head of UE Rugby Federation's Medical Committee, Chief Medical Officer at Dubai Hurricanes as well. The messages continue to flood in. A lot of you now jumping on board the bandwagon. Mm. They want to know our fantasy football league code. Oh, well, the league code, and we're not going to go through the rigmarole that we did at the start of <laughs> no. this show. I'm just going to read it out. Listen carefully now. Pens and papers at the ready. It is ZVGQDQ. Yep. That is ZVGQDQ. Uh, we'll post it up on our social media, so make sure you follow Dubai1038 FM on Instagram. We'll make sure it's posted up there. We'll post it on our personal pages as well, So uh, and Twitter. We'll, we'll get it up. I think Chris has already put yeah. it up on Twitter. So there are places for you to find it, and, uh, yeah, we'll be reminding you regularly oh, yes. of that. But we need a, a deciding vote because so many of you have come in with great team suggestions for Sonal Rapani. She's decided to move on from the Sonal marking era. That was her first foray into the world of fantasy football. She wants something that's punchy. She wants something that's memorable. And we've got two incredible suggestions. We've got Internet Sonali. Love it. Which is incorporating, of course, her name into Inter Milan. But I'm not sure I like this one even better. Arg Sonal. And that is A-R-G-H exclamation mark Sonal Argsonal. Yeah. Love which it. is just <laughs> it might be one of the greatest kind messages we've ever received. That's from Wayne, although Wayne admits to hating the Gooners. So is it Internet Sonali or Argsonal? Let us know. A for Internet Sonali, B for Arsenal, and we'll We'll cast a deciding yes, vote. It's as simple as that. A or B, 4001. Sonal's rolled her eyes. Sonal's no longer so interested in this, this particular conversation. We're getting loads of messages on this. But listen, I want to return to the rugby chat now because one man who has been patiently waiting for us to put that little poll out there on 4001 is Simon Lewis. He is, well, a couple of titles similar to Dr. Allen before, head of a newly formed cross club consortium that is now managing expat rugby here in the UAE. He is also honorary president of the Dubai Hurricanes. His name, as I say, is Simon Lewis, and he joins us live on the line this evening. Simon, a very good evening to you, Squire. John, Chris, good evening, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, Simon, for spending the time with us this evening. Now, there's kind of only really one place for us to start in all of this. You're heading up this newly formed cross-club consortium. Your remit is ensuring that, I guess, the day-to-day operations of UE Expat Rugby continues unabated. Give us a little bit of background as to how you've kind of vaulted into this position. <laughs> um, yeah, by accident, I think. Um, <laughs> um, essentially, what happened was, uh, at the end of last season, um, the organisation, Golf Rugby Management, that was managing Expat Rugby, seceded its duties and um, I wrote to all the clubs and said look you know we've got two options here guys we can either rely on a third party which is going to cost us because somebody's salary is going to have to be paid um, or we do it ourselves and use the experience and knowledge which is extensive 
um, throughout the uh, UAE um, to manage rugby um, ourselves. And what I, I emphasised was the need for rugby to be sustainable um, and make it an attractive sport for all um, family members from, you know, girls and boys up to parents and from all diversities. And, and really, that's the remit. And obviously, then COVID sort of kicked in. Mm. <laughs> and we've, 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 we've got a good plan together. Um, there's, there's 17 clubs in all, including Muscat and Bahrain, part of the consortium. So we bidded for the opportunity to manage rugby. We, uh, we won that bid. Um, and in the process, we're, we're digitalizing you know, the management of rugby um, significantly and working with a local software company to do that. Um, but the beauty of it is that we've got a working group where, where everybody leaves their sort of club badges at the door. And we get round to the table or round the Teams meeting or Zoom meeting and um, thrash out what's going to be good for rugby and how we're going to make it work. And we've been working closely um, with Alan, Dr. Alan, um, in in making all of this happen. Um, And, you know, they've done a fantastic job in in really simplifying uh, very effectively the the, the complexities of managing COVID. And I think that's the key thing. We've got to manage um, COVID. We don't try and defeat it because I think it's going to be here for a long time um, until we get the vaccine in place. So let's be honest, it's about working with it, not against mm. it. Um, and, and the standards that they've brought in, um, the clubs have really taken on board fantastically. You've got to remember that at the... Um, you know, we were midway get through the season and getting to the exciting part of, you know, the semi-finals and finals, and all of a sudden it got cut short. So there's a lot of um, uh, unfinished business, if you want. There's a lot of clubs that want to get back out there, a lot of families that want to get back out there. And, and you know, the beauty of the game is that, you know, you've seen the discipline on the field with with the way we respect the match officials, well, it's the same off the field and, and, and people want to make this game grow. And if, if, if the boss, in this case, Dr. Allen says, guys, this is the, 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 the process, everybody's following it because if one person goes down, the whole squad yeah. goes down. Yeah, just speaking to Dr. Allen 20 minutes or so ago, Simon, the return to play guidelines, it's a stark reminder of, of the level of the challenge that, that lies ahead for a resumption of normality for rugby. But he also mentioned that the players themselves were chomping at the bit to get back playing normal rugby a couple of months ago. And they decided that, you know, that was it, that they were committed to doing that. So I'm just keen to know from you, because I know in the golf industry, that they've seen something of a, a boon, really, with, with people stuck where they are. No one's traveling at the moment. No one's really taking holidays. I'm sure there's a lot of interest in local sport. Have you seen an uptick in interest, at least, from a perspective of expat rugby here in the UAE? Yes, very much so. And, and look, um, obviously the season um, normally runs from September through to March because after March it gets a bit hot to play during the day, but you know, some clubs do operate in the evenings. Um, but certainly between um, April and uh, end of August now, um, academies have been operating. There's several academies um, out there and all of them have seen a, a significant boom. And the other key thing um, about that, Chris, is, is making the game accessible to everybody. So the way that the, the clubs have priced it, I mean, 
there's some fantastic opportunities out there. You know, you're, you're talking between 1,500 dirhams and 2,500 dirhams for, you know, for a senior potentially. And that is a year's subscription to be playing rugby with, with a club. And in, in that, you, you get a brand new set of kit. If you're playing from nine years upwards, you get player insurance, which will have direct billing this year. Um, we've got uh, fantastic facilities. The coaches are all qualified, particularly now with COVID. Um, all the clubs have got to have first responders. Um, and obviously, they're, they're, they're tuned into to COVID as well. So we're all experiencing a growth. And indeed, you know, I, 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 in preparation for this evening's chat i just phoned around the clubs and and all of them right now um tonight's a training night um so they're all enjoying sort of around about 75 percent plus of normal numbers attending training and the fact that we've moved to phase two that's a real uh, enabler um for us because it'll encourage people to get back out there knowing that they can operate in big groups obviously with ratios of one to ten on the coaching side um, and enjoy the sport that they love. Absolutely, Simon, and it's encouraging listening to you tonight talking uh, so in, in such regard, with regards to all things rugby here. What about, and it's, I guess, the elephant in the room a little bit, what about the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens? We caught up with Tom Burwell, the tournament director, a few weeks back, and, and he said, listen, the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens, as we know it, not going to be happening. The international teams are not flying in. He remained hopeful, however, there would be some form of a two day rugby festival are you guys still working towards that what's the latest chatter on that front yeah look i mean obviously it's highly dependent on where we stand with the phases um, of, of return to rugby we're hoping that you know if all the clubs stick to the the protocols that we we move to um phase three in october um, which would mean that potentially, potentially, we could get to phase four in November. Now, what that would mean is, is um, we've had a chat to the clubs, and we, we've got two options. Obviously, the beauty of rugby is that you can play it at sevens, tens, twelves, mm. and fifteens. And the way that we're we're looking at it, we've got two options. We can start fifteens before, you know, Christmas uh, and the New Year. Or we can play it afterwards and have three months of real concentrated quality rugby um, across the UAE, which would mean that we'd play a series of round robins leading up to the Dubai Sevens um, in in December. We hope that competition would go ahead because it will be a great showcase for local rugby and encourage everybody to come down and enjoy you know a fantastic sport. But we're also realistic, and, and 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 that is that you know if the the numbers aren't aren't there and, and I just want to mention that, you know, Alan's team has done a fantastic job here in Dubai, but of course we've got North and Southern Emirates and we've got teams in the Southern Emirates, Abu Dhabi, Carlequin, Saracens, Alain Amblers. Mm. And and they're actually a little bit behind in where they are on, on the phases. So they're still at phase one with their um with the Abu Dhabi Health Authority. So, you know, if if we did move to to phase um four Abu Dhabi and the Southern Emirates might might not be able to come and play, which would be a real shame. And indeed, you've got the likes of Bahrain, which have got an incredibly successful rugby club there, um, and Muscat, and, and those teams won't be able to travel either um, at the moment. So, it, you know, 
we're hoping it's going to go ahead. Um, the pragmatic in me sort of says chances are it might not because yeah. of the numbers of, of the clubs. But all the clubs are, are really hoping that it does it does come off. Well, I said it before, Simon. Patience is a virtue. We will await with keen interest how this all kind of develops in the coming weeks. But there is a silver lining in all of this, Simon, because just you think you are, of course, the head of that newly formed cross club consortium. It can't get any worse after 2020 and COVID-19, Simon. The only way is up from here. Absolutely. And look... Um, as we say, we've got to get this ball across the line yeah. and we've, we've got to make it work. And, and there's some tremendous thinking and innovation from all the clubs. And, you know, it's the first time in my sort of rugby experience, which, which goes back 20 years in the, in, in, in the UAE, that I've seen all the clubs working together and with a passion to make it work. And, you know, nobody's got an agenda. We all want to get out there and uh, get get the children and, and the seniors back to playing the game they love. Simon, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this evening. And big thanks to both yourself and to Dr. Allen, of course, as well. And in these very strange circumstances, we're wishing you all the success in the world for the new rugby season. Gentlemen, thank you very much for giving us a chance to talk about it. No, keep well silly. and keep safe. Thank you so much. The voice of Simon Lewis, head of that cross club consortium. It is managing now the expat rugby here in the UAE. Now then, to finish off this evening, I did tell you at the start of the show, we would tell you about one fan taking it upon himself to try and raise the funds for his beloved football club to sign, wait for it, Lionel Messi. Now, Lionel Messi, of course, his future is dominating the footballing landscape right now. And one fan of German club Stuttgart, well, he's done just that. He's taken matters into his own hands to try to help his club sign the Argentine legend. His name is Tim Artman. Now, he has set up a uh, fundraising page with a target of 900 million euros. (laughs) Got to have some deep pockets, (laughs) the Stuttgart fans, to try and raise this cash to sign him, but he started it nonetheless. Now, this is where the story goes downhill a little bit because it's been live for five days. So far, they have raised 262 euros. It has been donated by fans, but Artman, well, he's revealed to us because producer Tom reached out to him that if the target is not met or that Messi departs to another club, the donated amount will be given to a water charity. Not quite sure of exactly what that is but we got in touch I say we producer Tom's done just that he sent us this message explaining the cause I'm Tim Artmann from Germany I'm a fan of the German soccer club for FB Stuttgart and the guy who started the fundraising which is collecting money for the transfer fee of Lionel Messi I am working for an online soccer magazine in Germany which is called FUMS we are trying to connect soccer with humor last season we could donate about 2800 euro with our social media format Spieltagsspende to charity organizations as i heard that Lionel Messi wants to leave Barcelona i started a fundraising to collect some money from charity organization i used the news that he wants to leave Barcelona and wrote that we are collecting the money for the transfer fee if Messi chooses another club the collected money is donated to Viva con Agua Viva Con Agua is a charity organization which stands up for water as a human right. Messi is one of the best players in the world and I see no chance that he will come to our club even if we reach our goal of money. Till today we collected around about 400 euros and I'm very happy to support a charity organization with this creative project. Ah, fantastic. We thanked him From for From small time. acorns grow mighty oak trees. Exactly that. Can you imagine? Lionel Poignant, Messi. Robbie. 
Very poignant. Pulling on the Stuttgart shirt next season. You heard it here first. And Tim, he has apologised to us. He didn't fancy talking to us live because he didn't feel that his English was strong enough. League but I've code got to again. Say, We're not just... Someone else wants the league code now. Should we just read out the league code yeah, for a duration? Come on, finish it off. Right, ZVG, QDQ. Get joining. Get joining. The Fantasy Football League code is up there. Off script, extra time league. Join it. We'll have fun over the course of the next nine months. A big thanks to Tim Artman, who will not be raising <laughs> 900 million euros to sign Lionel Messi, but he's doing his bit for the environment. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.